We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. on the Voice of America Network. I'm in Phoenix living like it matters and a uh, beautiful day. Always a beautiful day in the valley and uh, y- you know I'm happy. I mean, if you know anything about me, you know that I attended The Ohio State University to get my education. I, I am a Buckeye at heart. No reason to fake the funk. I'm going to keep it real. I'm a little biased here. I was a little nervous. You know, I don't believe in bragging. You know, Coach Hayes always told us, you know, if you talk about what you did, you're not necessarily bragging. You're just answering the questions and stating the facts. So I'm, I, I don't want to brag. I'm not going to brag. I just want to state the facts. And that is that the Ohio State University had a damn good game against Syracuse University. And, uh, of course, I was confident going into the game. But, again, that's just not... My style to necessarily go out and brag about it. I have a conversation with somebody if they want to have a conversation. And if you want to have a conversation or join in the conversation with me, you can reach me at 888-346-9144. But I am extremely excited about the Buckeyes playing in the Final Four. And uh, the fact that the big fella, uh, Jared Sullinger, is going to be, uh, you know, in the house didn't get a chance to play against Kansas uh, early in the year. He was he was hurt. He was injured. No excuses. I'm not going to make an excuse for any team that ever loses a ball game, period. Because the bottom line is there are other people that are on the bench. And the purpose of them being on the bench is in the event that somebody gets hurt or somebody gets in foul trouble or somebody gets benched, they're supposed to step in and be ready to play. And the results, the expectation of the team is no different than when your star player was in there. Just win, baby. That's the bottom line. So um, there's another game out there, too. But really, I mean, do you really expect me to be worried about who's playing the other guys? I don't even, I really don't even care. Not at this particular time. You are listening to Rayella Sports on the Voice America Network. So I'm going to be a little biased this time. You know, I would like to say this also about shout out to, to Bobby Taylor. And, and, and I, I just had a chance to uh, to talk to, to Bobby uh, a little earlier today. Uh, I'm looking forward and I hope that I can convince Bobby to join us here on the Voice America Network. Uh, but I'm kind of changing 
lanes here a little bit. And I, I just want to talk about that conversation I had with Bobby. Bobby, first of all, you know, I think it's an injustice. I'm just going to go on record and say, listen, come on, Bobby and Troy. Bobby and Troy not in the top 10 in terms of tandems and what they did. To, you know, Bobby said the reason why he think they, you know, treat them like they treat them is because him and Troy didn't go to a Super Bowl. But my man, you know, Hanford and, and many, you know, they didn't get to a Super Bowl either. But damn, they was good. And they're the number two tandem. Now, I, I'm, I'm just going to put it out there. I think for some reason, whoever's over at NFL Films needs to show a little bit more love to Bobby Taylor and Troy Vincent. They shut things down. Four NFC Championship games. Couldn't get it done. And I'm not going to blame it on them, but let's just say, you know, the team didn't get it done. But, uh, you know, come on, man. You talk about, talk about tandems? All pro players, both of them? They, they were shutting it down. And so I, you know, shout out and show a little bit of love for Bobby Taylor and, and, and Troy Vincent. But, uh, yeah, trying to lock Bobby in. Hopefully, uh, he'll be able to join me on the show next week. Uh, and we could talk a little bit about that. But let's, let's, let, let me go back. Let me go back and, uh, and, and finish up. And all I'm going to say is be locked in. It's going to be a damn good game. I think the Buckeyes will prevail and we'll talk about it next week. Now, I do have a couple things I want to talk about. And first, again, talk about the role model. Talk about the model in terms of what role I should play was never given to me. So I'm going to determine what role I'm going to play in the role model. And I am now, as people say, as I always say, that I'm not angry for Charles Barkley because in my mind, the role that he plays is a basketball player. He's is since uh, become a commentator in the media, providing commentary to professional basketball and a few other sports that he likes and loves. And so now, judge him on that. Let him be the model for that. In this capacity of this job that I have, Sports Channel Director here at Voice America, and the host of Rail of Sports, I'm going to determine what role I'm going to play on this show. And this, the role I'm going to play is I'm going to be an advocate. I'm going to be one who stands up and says the killer needs to be arrested. He's a killer, bottom line. You ask anybody in the United States of America today about who's the killer? Who killed who? Well, the man who killed the teenager, bottom line. He, need, he, doesn't, he doesn't need to have a name anymore. He needs to have a number. That, you know, that's what Buddy Ryan, that's why I have a little bit of problem with Buddy. Buddy used to just call us by our numbers. I was 24. I didn't like that. Okay, but this man doesn't need to have a name. Just, to, just kill her. Arrest him. He killed an unarmed young man for the simple reason he was black in America. Bottom line, nothing else. So everybody stand up. Justice needs to be served upon this man. Put him in jail. Let him rot. I don't believe in killing. Um, I'm, thou shall not kill. Put him in jail. He'll die there. He won't see, you know, his family anymore. For, unless they come visit him, he won't have freedom anymore. For the, does not deserve freedom for the rest of his life. And I'm going to keep saying that. I'm going to keep posting it on my Facebook every day. Shout out to Kev. Kev been following me. Ken been following me on Facebook, you know, right there beside me. A lot of people right there beside me on Facebook. And let me say this. This is not just a black thing. Oh, hey, I got a whole lot of friends, black, white, green, purple, blue, you know, Asian Americans, you know, from different parts of the world. And we're all united on this. But we are united in the fact that, yeah, he just killed him because he was a black. What other reason? He didn't, come on, he didn't do anything. He's a kid. 
We've all been kids. You know, walking down the street for no reason or other, somebody just walk up to you and has the right just to shoot you and kill you. You know, you walking in their neighborhood because they don't know you. Come on, man. You don't have to know everybody in your neighborhood. You know, and if somebody looks strange, you know, come on. So anyway, nothing strange about being black or looking black. All righty. So let me, I just had to get that out. I'm going to get it out every day. I'm going to get it out every day until they arrest him. I'm not going to give up on it. Not going to give up on it. But let me talk about something else that I like to talk about, and that's the National Football League. And I understand the owners are having an owners meeting. And, uh, you know, you know, coach, coach was there today. Saints coach was there. And um, I, I'm just not sure, you know, when, when, when you talk about the New Orleans Saints and, and the way they're handling this thing, perhaps maybe they handled it to the best of their ability. But I'm going to say one thing that I do not think they're handling correctly in terms of what the commissioner has done is when a player is suspended, he's suspended immediately. No more part of the team, not, a, you know, you, come on, man. Why is it that he gets to, you know, to help and assist through this transitional period of which he has to step away and, and somebody else, you know, takes the, takes over for him? You know, he, he gets to facilitate this transition into, a you know, a temporary coach. You know, I, I don't think, no, if, damn, they should show him the door and he should be done. He should be out of there. Sean Payton, out, bottom line. You know, I, none of this, okay, let me go to the owner's meeting and let me let me address the media at the meeting. You know, there's already some issues about Sean Payton and just, just related to football, you know, and, and, and I'm not sure. I don't, I'm, I'm not sure I'm agreeing with. I, I, I just think he, he, if the other guy is suspended, the defensive coordinator is suspended. Williams, I believe his name is, for indefinitely. I think Sean Payton should be too. Bottom line, you got to understand that the people that were part of his organization that took place in this bounty bowl, if you will, for a period of time, there were they were his subordinates. He was the owner. I mean, uh, not owner. I'm sorry. He's the head coach, and the other guy is the GM. You know, so it's like. What do you do except respond? So I really, in terms of players, I'm not sure players should be suspended at all in this particular case. Because if you're following a direct order from a superior, then consequences should not be what you receive. You, you get the benefits of following the orders of your superior. But, you know, most of the time you have to, you know, otherwise you're insubordinate. I mean, I know football is a little different and in, in the way you go about doing your job is a little bit different. But if you're following direct orders from a man from the top that told you to go out and do this. And I think some of you may be familiar with back in the day, you know, there was a young man that came out and said a buddy told him, Buddy Ryan told him to go out and break somebody's leg. The young man was crying. I mean, in the locker room, he didn't break the person's leg, but, you know, he was released from the team. But just go back to the research, check the newspaper, fill up the inquiry, ask some of the reporters from back in the day and ask them, was that the case? Was there a rumor out there, supposedly, allegedly, that he, a young man was instructed by Buddy Ryan to go out and break somebody's leg? And he didn't do it and he was cut. Now, was he cut because he didn't do it? I don't know. 
Did he, but he not telling to do it? I don't. I didn't hear it for myself. I don't know. But do I believe it? Yes. So in the case of the New Orleans Saints, if the players, you know, didn't adhere to, hey man, this is, let's let's pick it up a little bit. If you don't pick it up a little bit, mm, what's going to happen? There's a bounty out there. If you don't take a person out, you know what's going to happen. Somebody. You know, who bought it up? Whose idea was it? Let's really get to the bottom of it. Whose idea was it to have this structure or decided that we was going to do this bounty thing? Let's not let them get away with it. We already let them get away with the cabinet and what was coming out of the cabinet, who was taking it out of the cabinet and and who knew. And and where's the person that told, you know, brought that to our attention? Is he still with the team? Oh, I think he was an, an angry employee. So I think he was terminated as well. Oh, okay. Okay. I'm just saying, I don't know. But I I just think that if indeed, if the man has been relieved of his duties, it should be immediately. He should not go back to the stadium. He should not go back to the office. He should not go to the practice facility. He should not be around the team. Period. When players are suspended, you don't get to come in and come to practice for like three weeks. And, and or two weeks or however long it is and okay and help the player that's going to step in at your position and and kind of teach him and coach him on how to play the position that he's about to take over for you because you got suspended for whatever reason you, you've been suspended you know from the team I, I do not believe when Michael Vick was getting ready to, and I don't you know it is what it is you know before Michael Vick was when he was sentenced and they knew at some point date he had to leave I don't think he was invited over to the team to instruct the new quarterback you know you know how to take over and how to play quarterback and and what to look for and blitz packages you know I don't think it happened I just don't think it happened so so Sean Payton no whenever they brought down what what it is the consequences of your actions immediately gone but different people have different rules. Maybe a set of rules for the players. Maybe a different set of rules for the coaches. So, so I'm interested in hearing in total, in totality now, not pieces of it, totality. And he, he even said that he didn't, when they asked him some questions this morning, he went as far as saying that, that he didn't read the, the entire document. They just suspended you for a year without pay. And you don't, you, you're not familiar with the document? Come on, really? They're accusing you of some things, and in your mind, you would like to appeal it, but you know you're going to appeal to the same person that you already appealed to that said, no, this is what's happening. So, come on, man. You didn't read the document? You didn't read the document because you know you were guilty. You didn't, you didn't have to read it. You know what's in if, if, if the truth is in there, you know what's in there. And I believe they talked to him a few times. And there were some people that they say, listen, we talked to you a couple times and now is, is this what you really meant? Is this what you this is what you said is what you really meant? Is this what really happened? Or did you did you know this or did you not know this? This is this is the, people's lives are on the line. It's bad enough when you're out there on the football field that, you know, you know, it's a very physical football game. But now that I got all the information, listen, you know, coaches was never in it. If, listen, if somebody just decided, listen, man, in order for us to win, we, we got to get him out of there. Well, they didn't put any money. We just said, listen, man, somebody got to hit him hard enough that he don't want to play no more. You can take the will 
out of a man on a football field by inflicting pain on him that does not injure him. There was a young man in NC2A who had surgery on his wrist. That was an injury. They put him under. They operated on him. That's an injury. That's not pain. It was painful, I'm sure. But but you know what I mean? So when we get on the football field, we inflict pain. We don't injure. A lot of times when you're injured, you're unconscious. You're not capable or able of playing. When you're in pain, you feel it. When you feel pain, then sometimes you don't want to play. You listen to Rail Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix living like it matters. We're going to take a break and I'll be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the 3 is very much the one to be. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spies are especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to Win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com may not know all their names, but you certainly know what they did. They helped make this game into what it is today. Now we can do more to help them. The NFL Alumni Association is proud to assist our retired players to help make their lives better today and tomorrow. To learn more, please visit NFLalumni.org. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. All right, we're back. You're listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm, of course, in Phoenix, living like it matters. And now let me get into it. Let me get into a little Tim Tebow. Ah, Tim Tebow. What can I say? Well, first of all, let me say this. Yes, Tim sticks with the company line. But Tim's company line is not the New York Jets company line. It's not the Denver Broncos company line. It's not the University of Florida's company line. It's the brand Tim Tebow's company line. The man has, you know, the type of character of which he's very much interested in protecting. You get the same Tim Tebow, at least I've seen the same Tim Tebow every time he approaches the media. He's the same way. He's always composed. He doesn't appear to get rattled. You know, and the man is consistent with his, the way he answers his questions. 
and his priorities. You know, he wants to be a football player. He wants to be a quarterback. But I think most of all, what what he was trying to say in his interview is that, first of all, he wants to play pro football. He wants to be on a team. And I don't know how many of you out there listening to me have ever had a chance to play pro football, but, you know, you always want to play. You want to be on the field as much as you possibly can. But the experience of being a pro football player, you know, I think pro football is different than college. Because the experience of being a student athlete is a great experience. But it also is not the highest level of, if you will, the profession. Because after all, college football is minor league football. But you get the experience somewhat of what it might be like to play at the next level. After all, if you're at the Division One level, the stadiums are pretty much the same in terms of the, the size of them and the amount of people that attend the football games. The fan base is about the same. After all, again, a Buckeye here, I'm a little biased, but one of the largest alumni populations across the country. So you probably got as many Ohio State fans as you have Jet fans and Eagle fans and Brown fans and Cardinal fans and, and Raider fans and 49er fans. You follow me on that one? Okay. So the only thing that's really different is, and some people are going to disagree with me because they think, and I won't even finish that, at the professional level, you're compensated. You're paid. They're, they're, you're paid cash and all and everything else that goes along with the benefits that come with being a professional athlete. You receive those too. I don't know them all, but you know what they are. Now, at the college level, it's a little bit different because the compensation in terms of financial compensation is not. You know, and, and, and it's interesting because I was at church this past weekend and we, and we were talking about ownership, who owns what and knowing what belongs to who. OK, because the world is not ours. Nothing in it really is ours. It's all been afforded to us by a higher. And in my case, the good Lord Jesus, thank you for everything you ever gave me. But in college, it appears that mm, even though they give you your ring and they give you your gold pants and they give you some other things, it's not really yours until they tell you it's yours. So Tim Tebow, who's been involved in the college level, Tim Tebow, Tim Tebow came up with his own brand and he's going to protect his brand. And now that he owns and he can do whatever he wants to do with it. What better stage is there than for Tim to take his brand? Then the media capital of the world, New York City. Do you do you really understand how big Tim Tebow possibly could become? He could be Tim could be the the biggest backup there ever was. I mean, I don't know, I don't recall, and I don't remember when Steve Young was on the bench if there were calls to move Joe Montana out and move Steve in. You know, I, but I could actually hear. Everybody to galvanize all everybody's energy in the city and the stadium, and and Mark Sanchez have a couple bad you know games and throws and Tebow Tebow Tebow, I could hear it. And then not only that, then he gets that stage, and afterwards he gets to share the gospel. So you got to understand the man and what his plan is all about. And and Tim is not a, he's not a listen. If he had gone to Jacksonville, could you imagine the amount of press and the media presence he would have had in Jacksonville? Now, I know Jacksonville and Denver may be, you know, you may be able to compare the two of them, but it's not 
the stage of New York City. It's not the media capital of the world. Tim Tebow is a backup, and it's my understanding got billboards already. Please tell me another backup in any sport that got billboards. But also let me say this. Tim Tebow, Mark Sanchez, mm, I think Tim and Mark may have been in school at the same time. Mm, I think Tim thinks he may be a better quarterback than Mark Sanchez. Now, now remember now, being on an NFL team is a great experience. But being a competitor, you want to win. After all, Tim has a record in the league, I think, of about maybe eight and five. He's won, he's won eight NFL games. That he start, he's won eight games in the National Football League. Maybe he started 13 games in the National Football League. He started. Okay, think about that. To start a football game in the National Football League, you know how many people in the world get a chance to do that? And the fact that you're in and you won a game, don't you think that builds your confidence a little bit? Because it's not impossible anymore. You know that you've played with and against the best in the world at this sport, and you've had some success. So your confidence level is pretty good. It's like, okay, I mean, what I got to worry about? I've already played against the best. And as a matter of fact, and I heard him say something in his press conference, and he, he will never forget this. Because I'm 52, I don't forget what I did back in my day. In an AFC playoff game, he beat the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Pittsburgh Steelers, of which some people thought perhaps maybe was the toughest team in the division last year. If Pittsburgh would have went to the Super Bowl instead of New England, that, that would have been okay. Okay, everybody, oh, okay, I'll say that's cool. That would have been all right. He beat the Pittsburgh Steelers. So Tim is feeling pretty good about his ability to play and his ability to perform, like he said, tough times, tough situations. Come on, man. That's that's his spinach. He likes it. He eats that up. He feels that the more challenging the circumstances, the higher his performance level. Some people, I don't want to go there either because my homeboy LeBron, man, some people want to say he don't have that clutch gene. Skip. Hollering at Skip Bayless. Come on, Jay. Help me out on this one. But Tim feels that it's in his DNA, that clutch gene. Oh, the game is on the line. You want to give me the ball? I think you better give me the ball. I want to take over now. Doesn't mean anything. He might even, he might even, you know, thrive off of the fact, man, can we get down a couple touchdowns? I want to, I want this to be interesting. Because see, Tim already has people in the play, in the position, whereas, if the game is tight on the line, they're ain't. They not going to turn. In fact, you don't turn the television when an NFL game is, is close anyway. How many of those final four, those, uh, you know, Elite Eight and those Sweet 16 basketball games were we watching over the weekend that were close and we were tuned in right there to the end of it? You don't, you don't turn when the game's close. You know, and after all, a touchdown is just two plays. That's all it takes to get a touchdown. And time on the clock? Can I get a Reggie Miller here? You know what I mean? Don't need a whole lot of time on the clock if it's basketball to get some points. So I, I'm just going to say this about Tim Tebow. The only thing that's concerning me about Tim Tebow now and his brand has been brought into question. You ask me, well, Ray, where are you going with that? Well, somebody's lying. Man, I didn't think Tim Tebow told too many fibs. I didn't think Tim stretched the truth. But I got an owner, 
And I think I got an executive over there in, in John Elway. And John is saying when it came to the Jacksonville thing that they were in contact with Tim and communicating with Tim. And the owner of the Jaguars is saying, Mr. Mustache, that, okay, and that's a nice mustache, y'all. I, that's, I don't mean that in a way of which I'm, I'm, I'm trying to, you know, dog out his mustache. I like the man's mustache. Uh, you know, more, to, more power to the mustache. That, that's, a, that's a 70s thing. 80s, 90s. But the fact of the matter is, Jaguars owner, and I think his name is Mr. Khan, he, he says that Tim didn't want to come to Jacksonville. You got Tim who's saying he wasn't communicating, had no power and no say in the matter. You got John that said, no, we, was, we were communicating with Tim and we, you know, talking to him and his folks. And you got Mr. Connor saying Tim didn't want to come to Jacksonville. Now that brand I'm a little concerned about is coming into question. Now that stand-up guy who's consistent with his comments all the time, honest, not the company line, but the Tebow line. Oh, you got three things out there, and one of them has to be the truth. Who's telling the truth? You got two executives, one being an owner of a team, one being one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever play the game, and you got Tim Tebow, one of the most galvanizing personalities that the National Football League has ever seen, and yet and still, we can't get the truth. And now Mr. Khan, who's the, the new who's new to this fraternity, says to the media that you can't always believe what you read and what is said out here in this business of sports that he's in now. I think the fraternity brothers, the owners of the National Football League may have to pull him in and say, hey, hold on now. We have a company line. We stick together. If John says that he was in communication with him at all times, you're supposed to say they were in communication with, with Tim all the time. That's what you're supposed to say so that the media, you know, can't divide the owners, that they're all on the same page. That doesn't always happen, but they're pretty good at it. They're damn good at it. But, Tim, there's a crack, a chink in the armor. Are you really being truthful with us? We want to know. Did you not want to go to Jacksonville because you didn't want to play there? Did you not want to go to Jacksonville because the market was too small for you? Did you not want to go to Jacksonville because you feel that you can come there? Yeah, we're going to be able to play together and, and, and survive together. But do you really think you can get that position from Mark Sanchez? I'm not sure, Tim. You threw me for a loop on this one. Normally consistent. But it's a little chink in the armor right now. And the chink comes from, was Tim Tebow truthful about this process? We want to know that. And we're going to find that out. We're probably going to have to find that out next week because we're going to talk about something else when we come back. Kobe Bryant benched? Really? Kobe? You listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix living like it matters. I'll be right back. flagship station for sports voice america sports 
So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the 3 is very much the one to beat. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely despise her, especially at 1-2. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a 9-horse field, but really there are 7 donkeys and 2 zebras. Playing to Win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. I just think that the coach made a mistake. All crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL, speak up, speak up, or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. This is the Rail Sports on the Voice of America Network. I'm in Phoenix, I'm living like it matters. And I think what matters down the road here, a little west of us, if you will, down in the, uh, the valley of uh, purple and gold, the L.A. Lakers, it appears that Coach Brown has, you know, stepped in. And, and Mike, listen, you know, Mike, a former player himself, you know, um, basketball player himself, uh, but a, but a, a pretty good coach, um, you know, and I and I say a pretty good coach because there are a lot of coaches out there that that make it to championship playoffs and not get to hump to get to the championship series. They'll make it to the you know the the, the series just prior to that. And I believe obviously we know that you know Mike and the Cavaliers weren't able to get things done. Um, you know him and LeBron weren't able to deliver a championship to the city of Cleveland, Ohio. And and now Mike is, you know, with the Lakers. And and Mike is coaching, you know, to some people, the greatest player to ever play the game. And to to other people, maybe one of the top three best players to ever play the game of basketball. But certainly when you talk about the best players to ever play basketball in the history of the NBA, Kobe Bryant is in the conversation. You, you come along as an established coach. Mike's not a rookie to the NBA, you know. He earned his right to be the coach. And now he's the coach of the Los Angeles Lakers. And and I would believe that some people would care to say that, you know, hey, Kobe Bryant is on the tail end of his career. Of course, Kobe wants to go out on a high note. I truly believe that because of some of the changes made and, you know, Kobe probably would play basketball for as long as he could. But I think Kobe would only play basketball as long as he could if he was competing at the highest level and the team was still competing for championship, if they were in the discussion, if he felt they could make it out of the West and perhaps maybe represent uh, the West in the championship, he would continue to play. If not, 
I think Kobe's got entirely too much pride. I think Kobe understands the game and, and he understands his legacy. And I don't think he wants his legacy to be tarnished. I believe that's one reason why at least Kobe has gone on record with the media of saying that, listen, as a leader of this team, I'm not going to do, I'm not going to go where you guys are going to try to take me as it relates to an incident that happened with, with the coach. Now, now here is this. And I've always felt this about quarterbacks in football. I, I don't know why, but quarterbacks having a bad day, you know, a, just a really bad day, just thinking things, sticking the joint up, and it's, it's obvious he's in a funk, and he's it's not going to work this day. If, if it's the running game's not working, and you're looking for the passing game, and now you're behind, and he's got to do it, and he's just in a funk, let the other guy play. First of all, don't get him hurt, but the other guy might be able to strike a little match. Put a little fire under everybody, and who knows? You could possibly win. I mean, they do it in baseball all the time. I mean, if you're winning in baseball, and you got to, and you're pitching a damn good game, you got a shutout going, you got a no hitter going, you know, for the purpose, the selfish purpose of you. That's all. It's, you know, they're really it's selfish for the baseball player, for the baseball team. They're thinking we got a pitcher that could pitch a no hitter goes down on our team as having a pitcher who pitched a no hitter. The, the, the pitcher obviously wants to fill up. He pitched a no hitter. So they keep you in the game. OK, if you lose, uh, you know, uh, if, if, uh, a batter and, and he gets a hit or he strikes out, you lost, I mean, or he gets a hit or he hits a home run, you know, the game changes. The dynamics change in terms of the score, the hit, no hit. OK, we we take you out. Now we still could be ahead five to one, or or you know you lost a no hitter, but you know it's five zip, so it's still shut out. But we put somebody else in. Eagles in check. You understand? They were trying to ride with you for as long as they can, but you need to be mentally strong enough. Shout out to Dr. Mincy White. Psychologically, mentally, you need to be strong enough to handle that. This is this is this. We're not tarnishing. We're not doing anything bad to say that you're not a, a good, you know, ball player. You're not a good starting pitcher. You're not a good starting quarterback. We're just saying, damn, you're having a bad day. And so in basketball, you know, to take Kobe out because, it, it, some, okay, today you're kind of cold, my man. It, yeah, we know you're, shooters have to shoot. That's what they do. But when we're looking at you and you're just struggling, Kobe, you're just struggling, I can't. I can't be the kind of coach that is afraid to take you out just to put somebody in for a couple minutes and then put you back in the game. You know, you, you struggle a couple times, you make a couple mistakes, you know, maybe you're just having a bad day. It's okay to have a bad day. You're not perfect. You're not in the zone today. Shout out to Tom. Tom believes that there's, some, there's, the, there's something out there, somebody has a product out there that thinks, and, and, and for all the ball players out there that's listening to the show right now, there is a product out there that a person has said will take you to the zone every game. Okay, to my ball players out there, you know what the zone is. I don't care if you're male or female. If you play sports and you're pretty good at it, certainly those that are pros out there, at some point in your life, you've been in the zone. I think I've probably been in the zone two or three times. One time that's well documented. Coach even stopped the film, said, Ray, right here, I don't know what happened. Don't know what happened. But right now, 
You just played out your mind. From this point on, I'm telling you, as a good Lord is my witness, I'm okay. I'm a Christian man. I can say this. I, I was in the zone. I went into the zone. I play. I know it. Happened to be against the Pittsburgh Steelers too. Thank you. But anyway, Kobe wasn't in that zone. I can't wait to get you some more information about the product that can take you to the zone, guaranteed every time. I don't know about the guarantee, but can take you to the zone. I think it's uncontrollable. I think you just, you know, this is an afford kind of thing. It's just like you're out. It's an out of body experience. You don't have any control over that, with the exception of your, your, your subconscious mind. You trained yourself so many times that sometimes it takes over, but it can't happen every week. But somebody thinks it can. But Kobe wasn't in the zone, so Mike Brown took him out and benched him. My question to you is, what do you think? Is there something wrong with that? See, th- th- right now in sports, we own, we, there's some things that are happening now that are different about sports than they've ever been. You know, in some areas, some people are able to dictate more processes as it relates to the sport than they've ever been involved. They're involved in more processes than they've ever been involved in before. And so it's like, wow, is, is one part of the game losing control and another part of the game gaining control? So the players and the coaches are part of the game. Are the players gaining more control and the coaches losing? Are the coaches losing and the players gaining? What is it? But there's certainly something going on. No doubt. That, look down there in Orlando. There was a lot going on there with Dwight Howard. A lot of it has to do with contracts and things of that nature. But back in the day, and I'm so happy that the players are taking control of their lives and stepping up. And when they do have leverage, they're exerting their power to make a decision what's best for them and their families. But game to game type of situation, still coaches, players want to be coached. This is the point I want to make about Kobe Bryant. Kobe Bryant, I believe, respects a coach enough to know. That coaches got to coach. And Kobe, in my mind, I, I hope you hear this now, Kobe does not want a coach that feels the pressure and afraid to coach Kobe. You can't, ha- you, you cannot have that. That's when you lose your locker room. You know, I like the fact that Mike Brown stepped up and said, listen, man, sometimes I might go to my player and kind of have a conversation with him a little bit about, okay, why we took you out. But I don't always practice that. I'm not going to do that all the time. I don't have to tell Kobe Bryant why I'm taking him out. And Kobe respects me enough as a coach to know that a coach does not have to do that. Now, when Kobe loses that respect for Coach Brown and when Coach Brown loses that respect for himself, then he cannot coach the Los Angeles Lakers anymore. In fact, he can't coach pro basketball anymore. Can't do it. Just cannot do it. That's not when you define coach. And you define player, there's a fine line in between that. Coaches make these kind of decisions. Player makes these kind of decisions. You know, it's just like on, on, on the football field and the basketball court, too. You notice when there's a timeout? You notice how all the coaches get together for a minute? Coaches looking for some input from his assistant coaches. Then coach steps into the huddle. Everybody else steps back. Coach makes the final decision. Head coach. Mike Brown, head coach. Okay. You ever see players and, you know, it, it used to didn't happen back in the day when we played ball. You know, players now are waving a hand to come out the game. You know, 
Players used to didn't do that. Coaches used to decide when a player comes out the game and when a player stays in the game. In basketball, a lot of times what you see, you see the player put the hand up, talk to the hand, man, don't take me out right now. Okay. Coach says, bring your butt over here, sit down. You got three fouls. Coaches makes those decisions. And so I was happy that Mike Brown made the decision. Kobe, come on, man. Let me just sit you down here for a second. I know you ain't going to take yourself out. You ain't going to raise your hand and say, hey, man, get somebody in for me. No, you're not going to do that. But I still got a chance, a little chance here to maybe win this game. Let me put my boy Metal, you know, Metal World Peace in here. Because yeah, he, he, he got a little bit going on right now. Let, let's see how it works out. That don't work out. Okay, okay, Metal couldn't make it happen. Go back in, Kobe. And Kobe was the man that he's supposed to be. Go back in the game. He, he, he didn't sit there on the bench. I'm like, man, I ain't going back in there. You took me out. I'm not going back in there. See, Kobe, this is what I'm, the point I'm trying to make is that both of those men, Kobe showed some emotion when we went to the sideline. Okay. He showed his frustration. But it's, I think his frustration is the reason why coach is taking me out because I'm like, I ain't, I ain't playing Kobe ball right now. This is the Memphis Grizzlies. I ain't playing Kobe ball right now. So he took him out to see if he could get it back together. Kobe was frustrated. Yeah. Did he show his frustration? Yes. Was he trying to show the coach up? No. If he was trying to show the coach up when it was time for him to go back into the game, that's when he would have showed the coach up. But he didn't. I don't know. According to my screen, I think I got to take a break. This may be my last break. You listen to Rail Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Finney's Living Like It Matters. And we'll be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the 3 is very much the one to be. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com may not know all their names, but you certainly know what they did. They helped make this game into what it is today. Now we can do more to help them. The NFL Alumni Association is proud to assist our retired players to help make their lives better today and tomorrow. To learn more, please visit NFLalumni.org. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. All right, we're back. You know, the Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. 
I'm in Phoenix living like it matters. And, um, you know, I just want to share something that I that I saw out there today in the media. And, and I, I can't confirm or deny. I, I really can't confirm or deny because I really don't know um, because I haven't, you know, talked to somebody uh, to give it to me as facts. But there's a, there's a story that's floating around out there that Dennis Rodman is supposedly, you know, falling on hard times financially and uh, perhaps maybe even may have, um, you know, a drinking problem. I don't know that to be factual. Uh, what I do know is that if that is the case, if anybody out there is a friend of Dennis Rodman and, and a friend is somebody who knows everything about you, but they still like you or love you anyway. Because regardless of what happens in life, we all are faced with adversity, different types of adversity, and we deal with it differently. But what we all respect is the fact that there's what we call a friend out there, that regardless, it's unconditional love and unconditional friendship that would step up in a time of need and help you out. So I, I just want to say this, and, and this is what, you know, about the whole role model thing is that I will tell you this. I've been on both sides. I'm a fan now. I started off a fan before I ever played the game. And as a fan, I am telling you, I've watched professional sports and it has given me just as much joy as I received as playing. So there is this thing that I always say that the next best thing to playing the game and winning is playing the game and losing because some people never get to play the game. And that's not a shot at those people who never got a chance to play. It's just that there's a piece that you're missing that I know if you could play the game, you would want to experience that as well. And I'm also saying to you that there are certain things that are universal around the world that just mean the same thing and bring peace and joy to everybody's heart. And the emotional effects that a sport can have on a person's just a small portion of their life is invaluable. It's priceless. It is priceless. I know that I have friends from years ago. I got friends from months ago. I got friends from days ago. And the friendship are deeper. Some are de obviously the ones that go way back when I was a kid are a lot deeper than those new friends that I just met. Let's say my Facebook family. But there are some people in that Facebook family that I met that I've come to know. And, you know, hey, I, you know, there's so much I can expect out of that friendship based upon how well we know each other. And when an athlete, this is the whole role model thing, see, when, when an athlete shares their life with you, there are some people out there that Dennis Rodman has brought so much joy to them. Listen, those people out there that are Chicago Bulls fans, that spend some time with Dennis, that know Dennis, that maybe he bought you some Dinner, maybe you bought him some dinner. Maybe he came to see your kid at your school, at his, at his school one day. Maybe you went to see some of his kids at one of their schools one day. You know, maybe you just spent some time with him. He's in need right now. If he's your friend, reach out to the man. The one thing about it, you know, sickness and pain, joy and pain, they don't discriminate. Everybody gets to feel the effects of joy and pain. And in doing so, you know how good it feels to be joyful and how bad it feels when you're down. But you know you just need somebody to just give you a hand. I got a picture in my office 
brother reaching down, pulling up another one. Lend out a hand. Reach out to Dennis Rodman. If you see him, just reach out to him. Help him. If he needs, if, if one of the ball players out there, listen, if you think he needs to go to a clinic for detox, take him to the clinic. Drive him. Get him in the car. Drive him. Help him. The young man has been through a lot of things in his life. Now, I'm talking to you just like I might talk to my own son, how you might talk to your best friend. But those of you out there who have experienced or seen anything like this and you know when somebody's down on their luck, you know when they need a hand. And guess what? We all got pride. We, so what? We got pride. You know, the hell with pride. Pride ain't going to get you nothing. Forget his pride. Because when you help him and he recovers, he's going to thank you for helping him when he recovered. Because it's a thing where sometimes people can't help themselves. That sometimes people need you to protect them from themselves. And I'm telling you, I just know what it was like to watch the Chicago Bulls win those championship series. To see Michael Jordan hold on to that basketball and squeeze it so hard. You know, and Mike, you know, I'm t shout out to Frat, Michael Jordan right now, you know that you couldn't have won without Dennis Rodman. So do I expect Mike to go down there? Mike ain't got to go. Mike could probably send somebody down there. But right now, a fan may be more effective than Michael Jordan. Dennis might look you in the eye and say, why, why, why would you want to help me? And you might, be exp you might be able to explain to him, you know what, Dennis, I'm going to tell you why I want to help you. I'm doing very well. Me and my family's doing extremely well. But I will tell you this. We never had a better time than we went to a game and we watched you perform. And nobody enjoyed performing and winning that game more than you did. It's something that my family talks about all the time. It's something that's been on our mind. We got family pictures of it. In the stands at the game, smiling, everybody took pictures. But we will never forget it. You gave us a lifetime of memories. You are ingrained in our family because you must have got about 15, 20 rebounds that game. And without that, we wouldn't have the championship. We wouldn't have won the championship. And my kids will never forget it because now my son is growing. He can't wait to take his kids to a Chicago Bulls. Perhaps maybe, you know, Rose may be able to take them to a championship. But they are yearning for the same experience with their family that I was able to provide for my family because all I did was bought the tickets and you performed. And for me, it's priceless. So if all I got to do is just take you to this clinic a couple times and spend some time with you, <laughs> so what? It's going to cost me some time. It may even cost me some money. I got to pay gas. If you need some money, I got a little extra money, too. I might even help you out. I don't care. Some of the richest people in the world, some of the people who have been the most successful businessmen and women in the world have been through bankruptcy before. They've been broke before. So what? Woody Hayes always told us it's not the guy that knocks down and stays down that you worry about. It's that damn guy that keeps getting up and getting up and getting up. So what? How many times the Wright brothers fail? Really? Come on. Don't worry about failure. The only failure is if you don't try. So you don't, don't think that you can't help Dennis Rodman. You can help Dennis Rodman. And what am I doing right now? It's another man in the fraternity of professional sports that's down on his luck from what I've heard. And I'm just trying to spread the news around the world. If you see Dennis Rodman, help him. Give him a handshake. Have a conversation with him. Talk to him. Let him know about some of the adversity that you've been through in life. Maybe you couldn't play basketball 
But I tell you what, you took the experiences of basketball and, and you shared it and you implemented it with your family. And that's the strength of what your family plays. They saw you play a basketball game. They saw you never give up. They saw you fight so hard. No, maybe you wasn't necessarily the best player out there, but nobody worked harder than you did. That's what I tell my employees. Dennis Rodman wasn't the best basketball player, but he nobody worked harder than he did. Dennis Rodman, you know, hey, Dennis Rodman made good choices on the basketball court. He made some bad ones off the court. But you know what? We're going to help him to recover. So I just wanted to spend some time and let my man Dennis Rodman know that, listen, man, I'm in your corner. I'm for you. Want all those people out there to know that, listen, I don't care if you're black, white, green, or purple. America, be free. We're supposed to be free. <laughs> we can all walk and go wherever we want to. Buy a hoodie. All right? It's that time. I got to go. I got a show coming next week, so you make sure you come back and listen to me. You've been listening to Railroad Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. And I'll see you next time, which will be the best time. Go Bucks. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.